0: training camp is opening up today and we're going to get our first look at some of the defensive camp battles going on and as we learned in 2021 you're only as strong as your weakest link and there are several starting rules and key backup rules up for grabs
1: you are locked on chargers your daily podcast on the los angeles chargers
0: part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined, as always, by my co-host, David Droegemeier, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now, but we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team Every day, And today, you might be listening to us on your way to Chargers training camp. And if you do, you will see us at Chargers training camp. But thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But somehow me and David, from a drunk promise I made at my wedding, found a way to both be at Chargers training camp tomorrow. And we're going to get to see some big giant camp battles and I think some of the more interesting ones are on the defensive line mainly talking about Morgan Fox versus Jerry Tillery they obviously brought Morgan Fox into battle for that position but I think the feistier battles are going to happen at the end of that position group with depth on the defensive line potentially trying to battle it out at the end but I think there's huge competition in the secondary as well who is going to be CB3 is it going to be Bryce Callahan is it going to be Michael Davis who's going to be safety three coming off the bench after Derwin James and Nazir Adderley so many spots up for grabs and there's also big question marks at linebacker and edge rusher as well but I think Dave when you're looking at the defensive side of things that Pass rushing defensive interior guy is a spot that seemingly is up for grabs right now between Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's a g- really, really good thing for the Chargers. And it's, it's a good thing because last year, that spot was pretty much sewn up by Jerry Tillery. There was no one that was really there to push him no competition, or to really yeah. put any kind of pressure on him to the to the tune of him not even participating at all. In preseason games, which I remember thinking back, why on God's green earth is Jerry Tillery not participating in preseason games when there are still question marks about what he brings to the table on the football field? It just was a a puzzling decision. And I think this year with the emergence, with the signing of Morgan Fox, we actually have somebody in the building that was brought in that has familiarity with the scheme. That does exactly what Jerry Tillery does best. So we're really going to be able to get the best out of Jerry Tillery. And we're going to be able to figure out who the best man for the job really is.
0: Right. And I mean, we've seen each of them in one season in Brandon Staley's defense. Right. And the other thing is, is for this specific conversation, we don't know what the defensive linemen are going to be. Right. So it could be Austin Johnson Smash, and Joseph Day. On the field a lot together Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery coming in for passing situations but last year they could have had a ton of Limbaugh Dosev and Justin Jones on the field I mean obviously both those guys got hurt and there's more to it than that but like they kept having Jerry Tillery that pass rushing three technique type of player on the field which means there's a ton of snaps at that position available and now there is finally competition for Jerry Tillery at that position and if we're just going based on prior results I mean it looks like Morgan Fox has the edge if you're taking away the first round stigma of you know having to have Jerry Tillery on the field if you're going just based on production of what they've already done not knowing what they're about to do at training camp it goes to Morgan Fox because in the season that he was with Brandon Steele he had six sacks something that Jerry Tillery never done, right? He also, even last season, had a more efficient pass rushing season than Jerry Tillery did. I mean, even in a down year where he was injured, he was still 59th out of 145 players in run stop percentage, which is what neither one of them excels at, while Jerry Tillery was 116th out of 142 out of the eligible players. So, like, that's not even close. And then when you're talking about pass rush win percentage and pressure percentage, stuff like that, even in 2020, A down year 9.8 pressure percentage for Morgan Fox, 6.3 for Jerry Tillery. So this means, David, if you're not going based on names on the back of the jerseys, right? If you're just going off of production, Jerry Tillery is going to have to get a lot better if he's going to win this battle.
1: Yeah, and I think a, a big way that he can get better is actually by doing less. And I think they now actually have the personnel that will allow him to do less, which means not Being on the field on obvious running downs, he was still asked to support the run a lot more last year, probably out of necessity. They just didn't really have the bodies that they have now. They have the Sebastian Joseph days and the Austin Johnsons to do just that, to come in and eat up double teams and dominate against the run. That's what they do. And now they can leave Jerry Tillery and Morgan Fox to come in and do what they do best, which is get after the passer from the interior. Ragdoll guards use their speed and quickness and, you know, make it really uncomfortable for the quarterbacks getting that interior pressure. If they can do that, if he can really focus in on that, I think that we can see a much better version of Jerry Tillery. We all know what the game is with him. It's all about the consistency, Daniel. We need to see it snap in and snap out
0: when well, there has to be kind of a breakthrough moment because through you know three seasons so far we just haven't seen it and it's different defenses it's different regimes he was drafted by a different coach but he was still drafted by the same gym we know that you know there is talk that he is very highly thought of in the organization but also not highly thought of enough to have his fifth year contract option picked up right so this is then no way meant to back against jerry tillery but the fact of it is there hasn't been enough interior rush from this defensive line in a long, long time, right? Wow. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time they had a very good interior pass rusher, and it's a very hard position to fill. But if one of these guys can somehow upgrade what they've had the last couple of seasons, that would be huge because we talked about so much even in the Joey Bose and Melvin Ingram years of just – You have to get some of that push inside the pocket, make the quarterback try to roll out, and then you get more sacks from your defensive ends and edge rushers and things like that, and they just didn't get enough of that. But looking at the back end of this roster, David, if we're assuming Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, have their spots locked up as the primary run stoppers in light boxes in the base defense, it still leaves a lot behind them. Last year, they kept five defensive tackles. It's hard to imagine they're not going to keep six because this is the group you're talking about. Austin Johnson, SJD, jerry tillery morgan fox i still see all those guys i know you have talked about jerry tillery potentially not making the roster before but that's four right there between now tito abonia who's the fifth round pick from this year christian covington who they brought back after i'd say an up and down season last year and even a guy like Braden frejoko who really really put together a solid solid stretch when he got the snaps last year the number one run stop percentage of any defensive tackle with his amount of run snaps so like it is going to be tough, even if you're just saying one of those three dudes has to get cut,
1: yeah, I mean I mean, and I think if you look at the contract numbers on these guys, I mean it might deter you a little bit to think that Christian Covington would get cut after he signed a one million dollar contract, but I mean again, it is only a million dollars we're talking about in the n f l franchise here, so that's not you know money that they would not be able to eat, you know it's not going to get in the way of anything in, the money spent case... at this
0: point right, people right, are gonna have yeah. to get
1: cut. Right. So they're, they're going to have to come in here and they're going to have to battle. It's going to be Forrest Merrill. It's going to be Brayden <laughs> Fehoko. It, it's going to be Christian Covington all battling it out every single day to see who that last person is going to be. Because, I mean, I think it's going to come down to one of those three players. This is just a really, really talented roster and they just they can't keep extra people so they're really gonna have to show up in training camp and really earn it
0: yeah and i think i mean it's hard to say tito is gonna lose his spot right he has a fifth round pick this year it's not totally out of the realm of possibility but we i don't think we've ever seen highly unlikely cut a fifth round pick coming out of camp that i can think of at least that didn't make the initial 53 round roster i know dylan cantrell was a sixth round pick then another sixth round pick but fifth round pick it seems like he's safe which really means one spot for my baby boy Forrest Merrill for a guy like Brayden <laughs> Fehoko, who's super impressive and probably super underrated yeah. Christian Covington who I think still could be okay in spurts it's going to be a rotation and these guys today are going to start battling it out to see who's going to get that last spot in that group and who's going to be able to get some playing time when they do have to come in because your reserves at defensive tackle have to be able to go in there and play depending on what the development is of Tito Abonia, which we're also going to see start today. We don't know if he's ready to go in, right? So that means whoever else making it around him is going to be even in a heavier rotation and getting even more snaps, at least at the beginning. So that's all going to start today. And I think that's going to be one of the most intense position battles. But the secondary was something that came under a lot of scrutiny last year, along with the defensive line, the lack of run defense. And this year there is a starting, starting cornerback spot up for guys in my opinion, between Bryce Callahan and Michael Davis, that's going to have to be battled out for. And there's also safety three. Is it Alohi Gilman? Is it JT Woods coming in as a rookie? Can Mark Webb come back after an injury riddled rookie season? That's what we have to determine and get into that after this. But it's going to be a very, very tough spot. And we've all been in a tough spot. And when you're in a tough spot and you need some money to get, you go get the Dave app because if everyone's been in a pinch where they need a little extra money for gas, a little extra money for groceries. This is something that come in and help you out right away when you need it, which is when the only important time is. And with Dave, I love it because there's no catches to it, right? There's no interest and no credit check and you can get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank. More money to buy a wedding gift and catch up on your bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. And millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, download the Dave app and think of it as a helping hand for future you. All you guys have to do is download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal instant transfer fees apply Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right, David, we talked about the defensive tackle room, which I think is going to be pretty hectic, but I do think the secondary is going to determine a lot because that was one of the things that really got ravaged by injuries and I think where their weaknesses were exposed most last year when they didn't have the guys they needed at corner and at safety, whether it was guys like Tavon Campbell getting extended snaps, right, or Trey Marshall getting extended snaps at safety, guys who were never supposed to see the field for an extended period of time, it came back to bite them, but what that means is this year, the depth is even more important, figuring out who's going to get the playing time is super, super important, and I want to start with the cornerbacks, because it's kind of a weird conversation, because this is the two ways I can see it playing out, I either see it as J.C. Jackson and Asante, Samuel Jr. on the outside, with Bryce Callahan in, in the slot, or Asante Samuel Jr. in the slot, Michael Davis, J.C. Jackson on the outside. So it's kind of like both of these dudes and Bryce Callahan and Michael Davis are fighting for the CB3 spot, but it's not necessarily the same position.
1: No, it's not the same position. It's really more about playing time and who's going to be the first man on the field from the bench. Who's going to be? And I think, honestly, there could be, you know, a lot of situations to where it is just matchup based. If there's a bigger wide receiver that they're playing against, you could see Michael Davis out there on the outside. If you someone see someone who's maybe a little bit quicker off the line, then maybe you could see Asante Samuel Jr. on the outside. So I think that, you know, Brandon Staley definitely wants to try to figure out what the best combination of guys is against whatever offense that is trying to go up against them. You always want to have versatility and guys that can do multiple different things and that guys that have unique skill sets that are going to be able to neutralize offensive weapons. And I think this year the chargers have a better collection of talent to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think it, it does depend kind of what you want, but we did hear the laundress of things. You know, this is from Brandon Staley's end of the year press conference after the 2021 season about Michael Davis. I think he's fr- I think from a technique standpoint, playing a lot more techniques than he's used to, that's where his improvement is coming. It's not just one of those things, but all of those things. I think he knows now fully where he needs to go with this game within our defense, and he had maybe his worst season, right? I mean, a yeah. career-high 97.4 passer rating allowed, a career-high 13 yards per catch allowed. He Six had a touchdowns regre- allowed. The penalty regression is what scares me, I think, the most. Yeah. Because that means it's, you're probably out of position, meaning maybe it's part – Okay, you're getting beat one on one, or maybe it's part. Okay, well, I don't know where I'm technically supposed to be, or I'm not getting the right leverages. What it was, it seems like at least from the comments, right? You don't want to get too carried away from end of the year comments, but it was weird, especially with how much Brandon Staley props up players that he was saying these specific things. And we know Bryce Callahan fits in his defense because all of his successes come under Vic Fangio, which is the parent defense for what Brandon Staley runs. Yes, I think the best grouping I see right now is Bryce Callahan in the slot. Sante samuel jr on the outside with jc jackson and the other thing is it's just hard for me to see at this point a way in which asante samuel isn't starting somewhere right and cb3 for this team the slot corner is a starter basically oh, 80 yeah. percent of the time you're in sub packages with you know five dbs or more that player is going to be on the field a lot when we saw it in limited limited action in minicamp it was brass callahan that was out there starting with michael davis coming off the bench So I think it is between those two guys as far as them battling for that position. And I think that Michael Davis is going to have to make major improvements if he wants to go out there and start and be one of the top three corners of this team. I do think matchups wise, he's still good for big receivers or big tight ends. We've seen him do that. It's more the quicker, twitchier receivers he's had a lot of problems with. And he's just so big, so long. Even with the you know speed and other things he brings to the table, that's a tough thing for him to do. And he played a ton of zone his first few seasons, where that wasn't as important. When you're just covering a deep zone, not as much lateral movement involved. Bryce Callahan is as recently as 2020 was playing at an elite level. So you need a bounce back. You have to hope he can stay healthy after missing 28 games the last three seasons. At the same time, I mean that's always was always going to be the case with him. It's always going to be health rate of the talent. When we're talking about who's going to win this battle is not a question with Bryce Callahan. As far as how the rest of it plays out, I mean, I do think there's a battle at CB6 probably with Dean Leonard, Jasir Taylor, Kamon Hall, the late draft picks, and a guy from last year in Kamon Hall. I think CB5 is probably going to end up being Tavon Campbell. But that could be interesting to see how that plays out at the end of the roster. We've hashed that out already before on other shows. But let's get to safety, David, because we know number one and number two, Nazir Adderley, Derwin James, and not another Derwin James and then Nazir Adderley. But... That third safety coming off the bench is an interesting conversation because right now it looks like it's between J.T. Woods, your third round pick. Can he come in and contribute right away? Can he show that he can beat out Mark Webb and Elohi Gilman, a guy in Elohi Gilman who has the most experience out of the group? And Mark Webb, a guy that Brandon Staley specifically pointed out, is someone who is going to get a lot of playing time last year before his injury.
1: Yeah, I think this is one of going to be one of the more fierce battles in training camp because Alohi Gilman is the incumbent. Uh, he's the guy that played most of the snaps for the Chargers last year, although you know it it wasn't super impressive. Let, let's be honest. Eleven games, twenty eight tackles. I mean, he allowed ten, 10 catches on him out of 13 targets. So, I mean, it, it, he, there's a lot left to be desired there in, in that And position. eight missed
0: tackles with right. those 28 and eight, tackles. Yeah, right. 17.8% missed tackles. That's percentage.
1: really, really high. So, yeah, that, that's definitely going to be a battle where Alohi Gilman should not feel comfortable. I mean, he, he should know that he's coming into training camp to fight for his life and for for Mark Webb Mark Webb's just going to have to be healthy because it already seemed like the coaching staff had plans for him they already envisioned a role for him what he was going to do and what he was going to allow other people to do in this defense so he just needs to come in here healthy show that he can do it every single day and i think that Mark Webb has a leg up because that's the way they've been speaking about him they kind of put him on a little bit of a pedestal which is a little bit uh you know weird for a 7th round pick
0: Sure, I mean, and he's had Brandon Staley's had success with late round picks at safety, right? And we were all surprised when they didn't decide to address it till the seventh round. Third round made more sense with JT Woods. Obviously, they have oh, big yeah. plans for him. It's can he develop enough? Because, like, there's three things he brings to the stable that the other guys aren't bringing That's speed, takeaway yeah. ability, and ability to get downhill quickly. Mark Webb, I mean, there's a conversation there. Aloha Gilman. The trigger isn't the problem. It's the getting the guy on the ground that's been the problem. But Brandon Staley has also commended his communication. If there's one thing that's important in this defense, as we saw last year, it's communication. And one thing I think that the 2020 Rams group probably had an underrated ability to get on that defense because they just were such a complete unit. They always just seemed in sync. And that's so important. for Staley's defense. The communication on the back end is going to be a lot of this. And that's what's going to really probably set apart some of these guys. If the play is close, how you're communicating, getting in in the right spots and things like that is going to be important. I think the team is best if JT Woods can somehow come away with that third safety job. And if they want to move Derwin James around, we know that job is going to get some snaps defensively. He just brings some of those intangibles that the other guys in this conversation are bringing to the table. Alohi Gilman, I think he's probably the most on the hot seat right now as a guy who's still fighting for potentially the third, you know, safety three spot because he is in that conversation too and also could be battling out with Mark Webb potentially just to make the roster. So that is going to be an intense defensive camp battle. The camp battle that's a lot more confusing, the linebacker position and I think even the edge rusher position. And I think Kyle Van Noy is the main person to blame because we don't know (laughs) what they're considering him as and he definitely... What are you battling for, Kyle? Just come on and tell us without us having to pay you money, and we'd greatly, (laughs) greatly appreciate it. But we're going to get into what this conversation at linebacker looks like now that Kenneth Murray has been placed on the PUP list for the Chargers, meaning he's going to miss some time during training game, and decide if there's an edge rusher after Kyle Van Noy and Chris Rump as the reserve guys that can make us splash and make this team somehow – Probably wouldn't bet on it right now. But if you do need a place to bet, there's only one place to go, and that's betonline.net. And the player props are coming for the NFL right with training camp. So you guys need to get in on that action. You guys already can be betting on Justin Herbert for MVP, Brain and steely for Coach of the Year, Joey Bosa for Defensive Player of the Year. And there's so many great things to bet on with Bet Online. That's one of the things I love about it, is the variety. I mean, I'm not just usually an over under guy. I want profits. I want fun ways to keep me engaged and to have the most fun betting, especially when I'm betting on other sports, which is all I really have an option to do right now. And you can do that at Bet Online, whether it's baseball, whether it's UFC or golf, horse racing or esports. You can find it all at BetOnline.net, even your favorite Vegas casino game. So head to the website at BetOnline Today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action happening today at Bet Online where the game starts. So the linebacker position is one of the more confusing positions to kind of suss out here because there's not much we do know about <laughs> linebacker at this point. There's more that we don't know than we do know. We know they love Kenneth Murray, but I guess let's start there, David, because the first thing that's kind of muddying these waters is the fact that Kenneth Murray was placed on the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list which doesn't mean as much in training camp, right? I mean, when you start the season on it, you have to think you have to miss six weeks or something. So that would be a story if he can't come back. According to Jeff Miller, they're hoping to have him back sometime during training camp because, th- and that's all we know at this point, and that's just so important because it's like, how is this going to play out? We know Drew Tranquil is in the mix, right? We know Troy Reader was brought in to help a struggling linebacker, even though he's had a pretty checkered career so far up to this point. And that just really muddies the water, David, because we just don't know when Kenneth Murray is going to get back, really just adding to this entire saga.
1: Man, it's just the 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 whole thing with the coin here w- with Kenneth Murray. On one side of the coin, the more that he's out, the worse it is going to be for him. He needs to be on the field as much as humanly possible to get comfortable in a very, very important year for him. And then on the other side of the token, on the other side of the coin, you want him to be healthy. He has to be healthy before you can step on in the field because we've seen how much injuries have really impacted his career so far in the NFL. So in his absence, this is opportunities for those guys that are on the, in the back end of the linebacker depth chart to really try to establish themselves, to really take a role because who knows how long Kenneth Murray is going to be on the the PUP list. So this is a very rare opportunity and one of the very few spots on the roster where, it now seems like there might be a crack. There might be an opening available for someone to take a spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if we played it out, let's say that they're not counting Kyle Vannoy as a linebacker, right? Let's say they're counting him as an edge rusher, at least if we are, towards what we think they're going to keep on the opening 53-man roster. At linebacker, you would have, if Kenneth Murray can come back, Kenneth Murray, Troy Reader, Drew Tranquil, and then you have guys like Nick Neiman and Amen on Bob Mamiga, our boy Bong, who's been on the team before has played snaps. Then there's guys like Coles Christensen who has came up in a pinch, but has always kind of really been a practice squad guy yeah, and so on and so forth. So like if Kenneth Murray starts the season on IR, if he starts the season on the PUP list, like then, yeah, one of these guys has a chance to make the roster for sure. But I think the harder question is, is like can Kenneth Murray get back in time to win his starting spot back? Because last year he got hurt. Right. And then it was Drew Tranquil and Kazir White with his ankle getting hurt and stuff like that. And he never really got it back until puzzlingly the last game of the season. But David, I think the battle here is like, okay, if Kenneth Murray can come back, now are Troy Reed or Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray all fighting for linebacker one and two spots?
1: I think, yes. I think they brought in Troy Reader specifically because he has familiarity in this defense. And, you know, he is a little bit of a tackling machine. In 20, he had 81 tackles. He racked up five tackles for loss, three sacks last year, 91 tackles. Uh, You know, so, I mean, he, he can, you know, he has the ability to rack up those tackles. He's not the best linebacker in coverage, but, you know, If he's given that one specific role, then he can do that adequately. And Brandon Staley has a lot of belief and a lot of faith in him. He, he put him in situations where he was the the green dot, the signal caller. So he really feels comfortable with Troy reader and his ability to play linebacker in his defense.
0: That's the biggest thing he has going for him, right? It is just. He has the most firm grasp on Brandon Staley's defense out of all of these linebackers. I, I think that Drew Tranquil it sucks because like it just seems so obvious that he would obviously be linebacker one right now. Yeah, not knowing what's happening with Kyle Van Noy, but Kyle Van Noy is also probably their best coverage linebacker. Drew Tranquil is probably their second best coverage linebacker. Yeah, Drew Tranquil is probably about average. Kyle Van Noy has been really good in the very you know specific coverages he was sent out in yeah. last season, especially. So he can help in that regard he makes you feel a little bit better about the situation, but the Kenneth Murray part of it, it's just so hard to feel good about right now. I mean, and then yeah. you get to the end of this bong is a guy that, you know, if they end up keeping one less linebacker, if one of these guys that like Cole Christensen can beat him out, maybe his roster spot is up for grabs, Nick Neiman, even though I'm not sure he becomes a linebacker, that's getting meaningful snaps as a linebacker was one of their best special teams players last year and was an yeah. all rookie special teams player. The so like, demon. if yeah. it does come down, to Nick Neiman and any of these guys towards the bottom of the list, I think that's ultimately what's going to get him over the hump, just carving out his role. And that's how Drew Tranquil ended up getting on the field originally. But unfortunately right now, it seems like Troy reader drew Tranquil as linebacker one and two until we see what happens with Kenneth Murray. It's just like, how can he come back and inspire any confidence in what we now know is such a limited time, but you can't rush him back because you want to see what he can do when he's finally fully healthy. So it's, it's a, it's a real. It, it is a dilemma right now for Kenneth Murray, especially, and for the Chargers linebacker room, because not knowing what Kyle noise role, role is going to be in that group, it's just a lot of question marks, a lot of uncertainties there, and things that will probably clear up a lot, at least during training camp. But let's go to the edge rusher position, David, because I think Kyle Noy's the Chargers third best edge rusher. Chris Rump is a guy who showed some promise as a rookie, but he's still a fourth round pick that you don't know a ton about at this point, so it's hard to... I'm, it seemed like they made the Kyle Van Noy move because it's like, okay, well, are we going to have, you know, Chris Rump be the main backup behind Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? That's tough. But when we saw Kyle Van Noy at the mandatory minicamps, he was playing off-ball linebacker. So that's another the wrench thrown into the situation. And I think the question here, David, as far as camp battles goes, is is there someone that can enter their name if the Chargers do end up keeping a fifth edge rusher that can somehow make the end of this roster, knowing that Kyle Van Noy is doing a little bit of both Maybe they keep one more.
1: Yeah. I mean, outside of Chris Rumpf, which I think we feel pretty safe about, you know, his prospects of of making the roster.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'd say it's probably about 99%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that leaves. There's really only uh, two other like legitimate candidates to try to make this roster as an edge rusher. It's the CFL candidate, Jamal Davis, the six foot four, 250 pounder. Last year, he played for the Alouettes. He recorded 17 tackles and four sacks. And then the USFL signee, the newest charger, which is Carlo Kemp, who had 51 tackles, five tackles for loss and five sacks and two forced fumbles in his USFL play. So a couple of guys that are coming from, you know, some of the more developmental leagues, if you will, um, to try to come in and try their 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 craft here in the NFL to see if they can make it on a very, very, very good team.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this year is different because of the talent this team has. It's going to be tougher than most seasons as an undrafted free agent to make this roster. It's going to be really, really tough. I don't think there's a clear player right now that has a great shot. And there's other guys who maybe aren't undrafted free agents, but are coming in from the CFL or coming in from the USFL after, you know, kind of flaming out and not making teams in the NFL beforehand, which is what all these players are like. Yeah. But then you look at guys like a Tavon Campbell, right? Or a Storm Norton and Donna Barham, who came from yeah. the XFL in the last two's part, and Tavon Campbell came from the CFL. So they know we know they're willing to take that route. A mech Egg Boy is another guy that needs to at least be mentioned in this conversation. Ty Shelby's an undrafted free agent. Hard to think that he's gonna make the crack of the, you know, top 53 coming out of college as an undrafted guy. But all of them are long shots, really, right? Jamal Davis definitely looks the part. Carlo Kemp is a guy who's more of a tweener, right? He's somewhere in between a true standing outside linebacker and a defensive tackle or a defensive end, right? That kind of a player. Uh, So it'll be interesting what they kind of see his role as. I mean, the main thing about this is it just comes down to the Chargers. If they're going to keep five edge rushers or not. I could see it happening, but there's no clear candidate. And that's what's fun about training camp is we're going to see if anyone can kind of ascend to that level. Where they can make a name for themselves, either with a crazy preseason or a crazy training camp, or it would make the Chargers consider keeping an extra edge rush or separating themselves from the other guys who were desperately fighting for a job. Cause that's what this is, right? And that's why it's so, so much passion, so much energy surrounding this. Is this is a bunch of dudes fighting for their j- dreams, basically? Like, you know, yeah. almost half of these players aren't going to end up making this roster and we're going to go watch them battle it out. But we hope to see you guys there because me and David Drocamayo will both be at training camp today hopefully we get to see everybody and say hi and hopefully we get some good stuff to talk about because we'll be back here recapping day one at training camp tomorrow but until then to make sure you don't miss it go subscribe to the lockdown Chargers youtube channel and also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the lockdown NFL podcast, wherever you get your podcast from as well. A great way to keep up with everything else going on around the league. So you don't just get stuck in Chargers mania, but as long as we're your first listen as always, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dan talk sports to get all of our training camp updates tomorrow. If you don't get to go, you can follow David drogenmeyer, on Twitter at DroTalkSD, we're gonna to try to get some videos, try to get as much content from training camp day one as we can. You guys can also find the show on all social media where we post the show every day. You can find us on the Instagram at LockedOnChargers and on Chargers Facebook page as well. You can also call into the voicemail line if you ever want to get in on a fan mail. Friday 7, get your question on the show at 323-524-7924. But we are so excited about training camp. We hope to see you guys out there, and we'll be back tomorrow or maybe later tonight to recap day one. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.